Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Howdy, howdy, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today I am your host, Judy Como. So excited to be here, seeing uh, before my eyes the new and many talents of Thaddeus Romanski, who I now think if there's a guitar hero like a drum hero, then you could be the drummer hero because he was <laughs> displaying some uh, uh, you just, mad skills. You just. Mad skills. You should see my you should see my six year old son uh, air guitar. Wow! I thought when Guitar Hero came out that I could beat my kids at something because I can really play the guitar, but it did me no good. Mm. No good. Welcome, listeners. We are very excited to be here. If you are in the Bryan College Station area, we know that you are listening on KEDC eighty eight point five. Over there in Central Texas, KYAR 98.3, KINF 107.9 in Palestine. And my guest, I'm going to kick that out there right away, is Father Will Rooney. Uh, we, I sent him a little email saying, let's talk about this and that, so it makes us kind of sound like we know what we're doing. And I said, it is a live show, and we will invite people to call in, but they rarely do, so... I throw the challenge out there to anyone listening to prove me Make wrong. Judy a liar. Make prove her a liar. That I could have a priest here and go to confession right after that for lying. Hmm. Anyways. How are you doing, Thaddeus? I'm well. I've got some dry eyes this morning, but um, other than that, I'm doing very really? well, Judy. Okay. And we are so pleased to have a first part of the show guest in John Pachi. We've got him on hold and let's let's go to him right now. Let's get it on. John Pachi, director of Catholic Charities of Central Texas here in the Brazos Valley. Good morning, John. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Thaddeus, Dennis. How's everybody doing? Great to hear from you, John, as usual. Just glad to be in the game. Glad that I unmuted my mic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, tell us what's going on over there at Catholic Charities. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So tomorrow, September 29th, at the hours 1030 a.m. to 1 p.m., it's a come and go open house at our office on 1410 Cabot Avenue in Bryan. And this is a way for us to share the good news of what we do in the community as Catholic Charities of Central Texas um, we invite community partners. It's a great event for them to come out and learn more about what we do, um, updates, things like that. Meet the staff, meet the directors of all the individual programs. Um, if you're in need, come to our open house and learn more about the services we offer and how we might help you. And if you've been thinking about getting involved with Catholic Charities by supporting us, maybe you have some questions before you're ready to make that commitment, come on by and let's talk. We have uh, light refreshments. And it's just going to be, God has blessed us with a beautiful, beautiful weather forecast. Looking forward to being outside with people. We have the indoors where uh, people can tour our facility. And it's just going to be an all-around great, fun event between the hours of 10.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. 
wonderful. Uh, and I just hope that more people continue to RSVP and show up. But I would suppose someone could just come on over there, even though they haven't made that effort to RSVP. Would that? Of course. Good. Yes, our doors are open to anyone who wants to come and, and learn and, and meet everyone and just enjoy the, the fun community event that we're offering. Awesome. Um, our listeners may remember last month that uh, John and cohorts at Catholic Charities came on to talk about uh, disaster plans and relief and uh, aspects that Catholic Charities um, has for those. And uh, John, I'm just going to invite you and our listeners to join me uh, in a prayer. Uh, the Bishop of Florida put this prayer out this morning as they um, await the impending Hurricane Ian. So if uh, you would join me, our listeners, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Loving God, maker of heaven and earth, protect us in your love and mercy. Send the Spirit of Jesus to be with us, to still our fears, and to give us confidence in the stormy waters. Jesus reassured his disciples by his presence calm the storm, and strengthen their faith. Guard us from harm during the storm and renew our faith to serve you faithfully. Give us the courage to face all difficulties and the wisdom to see the ways your Spirit binds us together in mutual assistance. We pray with confidence. We make our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So we lift up our brothers and sisters over there on the Florida Bay. And, uh, hey, shout out to my cousin who's listening and sent me an amen. So, uh, thank you. Okay, John, run it through one more time before we kick you off and move on to something else. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'd love to be kicked off for this reason. This is great. So, once again, we have an open house tomorrow, September 29th, between 1030 a.m. and 1 p.m. Come and go. Light refreshments. Come meet the staff directors of programs, and enjoy the community fun and enjoy the beautiful God-blessed weather we'll have at uh, 1410 Cabot Avenue in Bryan. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for all your hard work and wonderful uh, outreach of Catholic Charities Central Texas. Well, thank you, Judy and Thaddeus and Dennis and all of Red Sea, and uh, looking forward to seeing y'all and chatting again. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Keep up the good work, John. God bless. Whoa, Dennis. <laughs> Boy, John, you did get kicked Josh, off, man. I just Sorry. kicked him off. Sorry. Quick on the button. Quick on the he button. He was saying, God bless. And he also was saying, what an awesome guy I was. I think it, that's, <laughs> I just. Uh, this just yeah. handed me, this just handed me from longtime uh, Waco listener, Steve Shifley, uh, offering, uh, if I need drums, he'd be more than happy to play for me. Well, there you go. Because he, he is himself a professional drummer. His signature line is actually Texas but music drummer. Does he look good on the radio, though? He looks awesome. <laughs> He's a darn good-looking guy. Very good. Very good. Thanks for listening, Steve. Keep keep up the good work up there. Keep praying for us. Keep listening to Red Sea. Awesome. Well, here Amen. we are at the end of the month of September, uh, looking to spring into uh, the month of October. I want to remind us reminding myself as well that October is Respect Life Month. 
Please pray for mothers, fathers, and all in crisis pregnancy for the openness to parenthood and adoption. Catholic Charities has many helpful resources through St. Gabriel Pregnancy and Parenting Program. On October 2nd, there will be a giving information about local support for pregnant moms. We will also be collecting diapers in the foyer of the church. And as I'm reading this, it's St. Joseph's Bulletin. So you can uh, okay. contact or go to stjosephbcs.org and find uh, this flyer. There's always a great need and a great way to uh, reach out and support uh, the different aspects of the pro-life. So we pray for Respect Life Month. Also want to mention, I, I'm trying to keep things chronological. So that's the beginning of October. And this weekend, October yeah. the 2nd, St. Mary's over in Hearn will be having their church festival. There will be a bilingual mass and we'll also roll into a spaghetti and meatball lunch which always kind of makes me grin. I thought St. Anthony's had a corner on the old spaghetti and meatball thing, but not yeah. so. No, I, I've uh, been there, and it's a delicious spaghetti and meatball meal. Yeah, it, and so we're very excited to uh, partner with them and, and share the information about the St. Mary's Festival in Hearn this weekend. Wonderful, wonderful. Y'all come. Um, yes, um, <clears throat> over at St. Anthony's, and Brian, um, in conjunction and help participating in the Eucharistic revival that's going on within our diocese, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, they're going to be having a series of First Friday events beginning October 7th. You can see their bulletin as well with the different months, but starting next Friday, on the seventh, adoration with the brief catechesis on the real presence, and there will be introduction of the Catholic teaching to the real presence after exposition, followed by silent adoration until benediction. Uh, you know, people are parking in St. Anthony's parking lot to head on over to First Friday. What a great opportunity to stop in and mm -hmm. visit the Blessed Sacrament in that way. That would be nice. Yes, absolutely. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, whole seven, bunch of them. Planned. Seven first Fridays to follow. Yeah, oh. we we just ran a, a series, started a series of spots with one of our newest volunteers. Uh, so a shout out to Lonnie if you're listening. She uh, had a great recording session on multiple of those to promote St. Anthony's uh, Eucharistic revival. So. Uh, I'm sure there are lots of other activities going on throughout the diocese, including uh, the upcoming anniversary celebration on the 19th that we'll broadcast live. But can I share something Absolutely. that's going on the two days before that? Uh, I don't know if any of our listeners have heard about, a, um, I don't know, some little known character named Father Richard Simon, mm -hmm. you know, from our uh, primetime two o'clock show, Father Simon says he's coming in town to... Uh, Bring his show here. Uh, he's going to be our, li our speaker at our, our live speaker. Of course, he's, you know, he's alive. Live. Father Know-It-All. Yeah. So the Reverend Know-It-All is going to share Reverend his, -all. Excuse me. his take on uh, how to read the Bible, the big book on the coffee table at our benefit dinners coming up on November 17th 
and the 18th. And we just opened up registration, I, I would say, not even a week ago, Judy. The Brazos Valley Benefit Dinner is probably at least a third filled. Wow. Just like that. Uh, Waco is is coming along quite quickly. We've got, I think, six or seven tables already reserved there. And, and we just opened it up. So... If you want to participate, go to our website, redsearadio.org, to find out all the information. Click on Father Simon's banner there uh, that talks about uh, the benefit dinner and the the, the events that come. But uh, we're going to open up the big book on the coffee table and share some great food, uh, fellowship, uh, drinks, including coffee, of course. You were planning to say, don't tarry, right, Dennis? Don't don't tarry. Register right away. Don't, tarry? Yeah. No, I, I, are you talking about like Terry Lipscomb? Because I'd love Terry to come. <laughs> Do Terry. Tell me, use that word in another sentence and help me to understand why you're choosing it's that an, word. It's an, Eng, it's an English term to, <laughs> to not wait, to not delay. Oh. Cheerio. That, Thaddeus. Chin chin. That's a Thaddeusism. Thaddeusism. The closest I get to English are the Cheerios I had for breakfast. There you go. Tell us the dates and the times and how to do it. November 17th, Thursday, here in the Brazos Valley. November 18th, Friday, in Central Texas. Thursday in the Brazos Valley, Friday in Central Texas. Yeah. Really, what I really love about Father Simon, his show, it's just this really normal, everyday speak encouragement Including the Bible, because so hey, many. Yeah. So, <laughs> bottle yeah. of water that just hit I the just, deck. Well, yeah, he's he's an amazingly gentle yet loving and genuine person that right. I, I think will come across. Well, and, and I who think also that, weaves ancient Greek and yeah. Hebrew and Aramaic into his normal speech. Right. What What I find so encouraging is that it's um, so listenable. It falls on your ears whether you have been involved in Bible study for many, many years, or you have been deciding, I really should, I don't know where to get started or whatever, Mm -hmm. you still will hear things not only on his show, but in his presentation at our benefit. Yeah. And locally, we've got uh, Victory Sports Youth Basketball. Early registration is about to close. So go to victoryyouthsports.org to uh, sign up today to sign up for basketball boys and girls which will start here in about a month and a half. Uh, so we've got active leagues going on now, but basketball starting soon. So sign up today. Great. And as we're going to move into a break, I remind our listeners, our guest will be Father Will Rooney. We would welcome a phone call. 85. Love Red Sea. 855-683-7332. Don't Terry. Or do Terry if your name is Terry. <laughs> Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us today, you get to hear my voice, Judy Como, in our rotation of other hosts for Red Sea Roundup. Uh, remind our listeners that this is a live program. Father Will Rooney is our guest, and we would love to have a phone call, question, comment. 
be awesome. No complaints, though. <laughs> no, no complaints. Not that we would have any. So, uh, Father Will, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Judy. I'm just uh, so blessed to to know you personally. We used to do youth ministry together, uh, both as middle school youth ministers around the same time. I think that's when I met you and yeah, worked together yeah, and about, things uh, like that. <laughs> 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. It's well, kind of crazy. Because uh, I used to kind of joke around to say that, I mean, because I was 40-ish and like youth and that didn't really <laughs> synonymous, but you were actually young when you did. <laughs> I did. I, I, I was uh, I was in college here at A&M. It's great to be back at St. Mary's where we're recording this from or uh, on the air yeah. from, right? I, I know. That was seemed like a silly question to say you do know where the studio is when I sent you the email. <laughs> I, well, no, I appreciate those types of things because, uh, you know, you forget the little details sometimes. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's here, but yeah. I'm not 100%. So, yeah. So uh, you've been the parochial vicar at St. Joseph's Parish here in Bryan for what? About four, three months. Three, four yeah, months. since uh, July 5th. So I'll yeah. come up on three months in a couple of weeks. And yeah, it's been great. That word parochial vicar is just a fancy word for associate pastor. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I, th- I thought, well, maybe they just decided to call it something else, but sometimes maybe it had a uh, different meaning than it used to or something. Sure. It has a rich meaning. Uh, a vicar is one who acts like uh, on behalf of another person. And so, um, and, and like, so there's all sorts of vicars in the church, right? Like there's the vicar general, right. who's the bishop's uh, helper. Uh, there's the vicar for priests. There's the vicar for this and for that. So that just means that like they act on behalf of the bishop. And so I'm a parochial vicar, which means that I, I act on behalf of Father Brian, right? Who's the pastor of the parish, parochial parish, mm-hmm. those kind of go together, right? And so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like an arm of Father Brian, but I have my own brain as well. So that makes me a really helpful uh, arm, <laughs> right? Like it's, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So Very it's great to be good. here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you've been a priest uh, for how long? I've been a priest for two years and three months-ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, about two years and three months. Great. So Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I know, I know because I know you and yeah. I'm the host, <laughs> but uh, perhaps our listeners don't know that you're actually from the Bryan College Station area. And so kind of yeah. take us back to sure, yeah. young Will's childhood and how, how, <laughs> how did I get here? How did, you how did get I here? get here? Yeah, that's a great question, Judy. I, um, my mom and dad are actually from uh, this area. They graduated from Bryan High School in the 80s and then um, went to A&M. I uh, got married and uh, they went to Minnesota, to the to the cold land of St. Paul, Minnesota, oh, wow. where I was born up there um, in Minnesota. But um, thanks to my grandfather, my feet touched Texas soil first. Uh, so he literally brought Texas soil and made sure my feet t- touched that before oh, wow. before the Minnesota soil. That is, um... He had a little bit of a grudge against Minnesota for whatever reason. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, I was actually baptized at St. Anthony's, um, I think it was October 9th, 1991. So I was a pagan for a little while, uh, maybe like three months, um, something like that. So it was uh, it's good, though. Back so. when you baptize kids, like when you're supposed to? Well, 
Well, you know, the church does say uh, within a few weeks after birth, right? So um, they, you know, it was a couple months, and they wanted yeah. to do it there because that's where they got married and and all sorts of stuff mm. like that. So I was, uh, and then we moved to Manhattan, Kansas, for a couple of years. I had a brother born there, and then uh, back here. Uh, my dad's been a professor at AM for about, um, let's see, that twenty seven years now, and uh, <laughs> and so that's kind of why we we came back, and it was awesome to grow up here. We went to St. Anthony's for a, a few years. Um, probably first thought about being a priest there at St. Anthony's when I started altar serving. Uh, then we moved to St. Thomas Aquinas because uh, all of our school friends were going to St. Thomas Aquinas. And so we just kind of went over there. Uh, it was great. Father Dean Wilhelm uh, was the pastor at the time, and he was just a, a good uh, role model of what a priest looks like. Um, as I kind of grew, I uh, got into middle school and high school, uh, continued to to think about this thing called priesthood. Hmm. And um, Father Michael O'Connor was a, a big influence. Um, you know, the, the kind of a defining moment for my life is um, I, I grew up Catholic, obviously. Uh, right? I mean, I don't know if that's obvious, but like based on what I've just said, it's obvious. And um, it was a great blessing to have the faith from a young age. Um, and to know a lot about Jesus uh, from a very young age. Um, but there was kind of something missing, uh, you know, that I didn't, I knew a lot about this guy named Jesus, but I didn't know him as one I could have a personal relationship with. And I think that that was a, a, a kind of a defining turning moment in my life. Um, in, when I was in ninth grade, my mom made me go on a retreat and I encountered Jesus as one that I could have a relationship with. And, um, and from that, that time, and that was through uh, the ministry of Father Michael O'Connor um, and uh, hearing my confession and, and all those types of things and being able to go to Eucharistic adoration um, that I, I decided I want to follow Jesus. Like mm-hmm. I, I want, like he's, he's a savior um, and I know him as my savior and I want to follow him uh, as a friend. And um, in that moment, I thought about being a priest. Um, and so as I went through high school, awesome youth ministry over at, uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas, um, and, um, had really awesome friends. <laughs> I can't, I, I like the grace that God gave me through friends. Um, it, it might, especially like my senior year of high school and going into college, um, just is tremendous. And yeah. did yeah. you know it at the time or are you looking back and saying, you know, I, mm. a lot of experiences yeah. that I, in my mind, I look back and say, wow, that was, that was God. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't necessarily like recognize the greatness of the gift at the time. And that's, I think part of the greatness. Yeah. It, mm. It's just like, you can't, right. I think that in, in some ways, perhaps you, you can, sometimes recognize, oh, wow, this is an amazing grace. But especially um, as a teenager, right? Like you just don't have as much experience Mm -hmm. and you don't realize the reality of uh, many other people's situations in the world. And it's not about comparison, but there's just like this, oh my gosh, like God gave me a gift of friends um, that were that were, we were trying to be virtuous together. Mm -hmm. We weren't always. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it passed through your but, mind. <laughs> but it passed through our minds that we were trying to follow Jesus. And that's like a huge blessing um, in, in my mind now. And so, um, and we were encouraged by our, our parents and our friends and uh, 
you know, the, the, the youth ministry over there and all that kind of stuff to do that. Yeah. Like you said, here in the uh, Brazos Valley, here in Bryan, you know, five vibrant churches, yeah. uh, so many high schools. So you could easily be going to one school and not see a person that you go to church with. I yeah. mean, that was my experience because sure. I went to school in Caldwell, but mm. we worshiped in Bryan. And oh, okay. I, I had friends that I never even knew they were Catholic till this CYO convention. And I'm oh. like, oh. You're my friend out. and you're yeah. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was, so that was a huge thing that, I, yeah, that's, that must've been a difficult experience, right? To, to well, feel like. My, oh. my testimony displays yeah. that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, trying to be virtuous and failing miserably. Well, but. <laughs> that's about where we all start, right? Like, so, um, yeah, so it's, it was a great blessing. And um, then I went to a and I, I like, I had thought about being a priest in high school, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't there yet. I just, I didn't know how to pray. I was still struggling uh, a lot with uh, a lack of virtue and not to say you have to be perfect to go to seminary. Um, in fact, far from it, right? Like mm-hmm. all the guys, uh, I, I serve on the vocations team right now and all the guys there, uh, if a guy walked in and said, I'm God's gift to the to the earth, like we'd say, uh, I don't know if you're ready to go to seminary yet because you're about to have a rude awakening. But I mean, there is there's a sense in that, right? So, um, yeah. And I went to AM, Always wanted to go to AM, and um, it was great. I came here to St. Mary's a lot. I worked as a middle school youth minister, as you mentioned already, uh, during college. And um, I started off A and M thinking I was going to be a poultry veterinarian. Yeah. I had raised turkeys and chickens for forage and FFA projects. And I, um, I quickly realized that was not what I wanted to do after an internship experience. We won't go into all the details oh, at Sanderson Farms, but, uh, you know, um, that was just not what I wanted to do. And so I said, well, I'll be a doctor. Um, and, uh, you know, all, all, all the time also kind of like, well, maybe God's calling me to be a priest, but, um, I'm going to do this thing, right? Like, um, and I, ended up majoring in biological and agricultural engineering, which was a good fit for me. Uh, made awesome friends in that department at A&M and um, also like I was able to get all the stuff for med school at the same time. And, and, I, but I get to the kind of my junior year, senior year of school and I'm like, this thing is not going away, mm-hmm. right? Like this idea of maybe being a priest, it, it just keeps coming back to me. And so um, I say to God here at St. Mary's, I, I had an adoration hour my senior year, uh, fall semester, right around the time of the engineering career fair. And I go to the adoration hour and um, I just realize like, this is like, I, I got, I have to apply right? I, I need to just apply and see where this goes. And I don't go to the career fair <laughs> that day. <laughs> uh, I had everything ready. I was like suit and tie on everything. Mm-hmm. And I was just walking around here and I realized I don't, I don't need to apply. So, um, so I, I like, I don't need to go to the career fair and I need to apply to seminary. So I did. And it was an amazing adventure. Um, going to seminary does not mean you're going to be a priest. Yeah. Who was the vocation director? <laughs> uh, Brian time? McMaster. Yeah. Remember Brian, Father Brian mm-hmm. McMaster was the vocation director who brought me in uh, to seminary uh, at that time. And then um, the next year, Father Jonathan Rea became the mm-hmm. vocation director. So, um, And then he was with me the entire time that I was in, in seminary. What a blessing. So, 
Yeah. And where did you go to seminary? I went to Holy Trinity uh, in Dallas, which is, um, it's actually in Irving. It's mm-hmm. attached to the University of Dallas. That was for two years. Um, usually they go for two years as like an under, if you're, if you have an undergrad degree already, they call it pre-theology um, uh, or kind of like the, the, the discipleship stage. And then, uh, and then after that, um, I went to St. Mary's in Houston for five years. One of those years is like an internship year back in the diocese. So, And you were a transitional deacon, ordained as a trans- transitional deacon? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so I was ordained as a deacon in 2019 in May, May 18th, I believe. Yeah, May 18th, yeah, uh, 2019. Um, and, uh, and then I was... It sent to Lockhart as a transitional deacon. So I was there like on the weekends and stuff like that. St. Mary's in Lockhart, which is a great town. Go visit it. Grab some barbecue. Good so- it's wonderful. Good, good sausage. sausage. Smitty's is the best. I'm probably going to get <laughs> shot or something for saying that by someone in Lockhart, but that's just the way it is. Uh, and uh, and then um, was ordained a priest right in the middle of the COVID mm-hmm. pandemic in June 20. 20- I wonder 20 years from now, will we still be using that as a reference point to say, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, thing. I, I think that I will. Yeah. Right? Like it was a major, it had a major impact on my uh, life, right? Like with, I didn't, seminary ended for me in March when it should have ended in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't have any type of, um, yeah, like, yeah, so we didn't have a lot of like the things that we would have normally had. Well, we got the important things, right? Like being ordained. Right, <laughs> so. right. Well, it was uh, my husband was in his third year of formation to be a deacon during that time, which was involving internships, and so that became real difficult to uh, follow, oh, yeah, follow through some of that kind of stuff. Um, so. I think. Yeah, we actually. Oop, let turn me your uh, mic actually up. turn my mic up. We actually have a caller in. We have Barbara who's calling in from Brian. I think she knows Father Will well. Barbara Svatek, welcome to the Red Sea Radio. It's been a while since we've heard from you, my friend. Good morning. I know. Hello, everybody. And I wouldn't say I know Father Will well. He's probably sitting there going, who? I've heard the name. I've heard the name, Barbara. <laughs> I have met you a few times because I was at. St. Thomas Aquinas when you, well, at least I think I was a youth minister for the St. Anthony's youth ministry while oh. you, junior high. Oh, while you, I thought no, you said when you were living in, I was like, when you were living in Anderson, you taught. Uh, I don't remember which year it was. <laughs> so I also taught fifth grade at St. Thomas Aquinas. It could have been then too. Well, welcome. I'm not sure exactly what year you were there. So, or, but uh, my question was, and I'm sorry if you've already answered this because I tuned in just about 10 minutes ago. Um, did, did you do youth ministry before you had discerned to be a priest or was that kind of a volunteer while you were oh, going to college? Or? Yeah. So actually what happened is I had, a, as I mentioned, I had an internship experience at Sanderson Farms <laughs> that didn't go exactly the way that I had planned. Uh, and I right, was I volunteering a lot at St. Thomas Aquinas um, at that time. And, um, then I, like after that internship ended, basically I kept volunteering and then, uh, father Michael O'Connor, um, he, uh, he asked me and, um, 
a, another guy named Thomas uh, to to help out basically with middle school. And he said, hey, we'll pay you even uh, to, to do this, right? For, you know, like, and it, we were two college kids, so he didn't have to pay benefits. He didn't have to pay any, it was like, you know, we, we were, we were making next to nothing for, for the, for the hours, but we loved it. Right. And it was a great experience of learning how to uh, do ministry. And it, it really op- like helped me discern a lot. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I can um, totally, um, <laughs> I, I totally empathize with you on that because I don't think there's enough money that they can actually pay someone. Well, there is. <laughs> it's just reason, so. <laughs> so the the question is always priorities, right? Like, what do we what do we value, and uh, and how do we value it? And um, you know, the the Lord asks us to. He gives us a mission to to proclaim the gospel to all, um, and we have to figure out in each parish what is the best thing to do with the the resources that we have. Um, if he wants something, he's going to make it happen. So, yeah, I, I think that there that there true. is, um, yeah, we just have to be faithful. And I mean, it's it's that worked uh, out well. That's at that all. Time. That's yeah. all we have to do. Well, <laughs> yeah, you don't need any money actually. No, but I, I guess I just meant that there's not an amount of money um, that could really cover <laughs> the the. Oh gosh, it was just such an amazing experience being a youth minister sure. for. Judy and I started out together with um, junior high sure. at St. Anthony's. Well, I mean, we were also in a band over there. It was <laughs> originally the, the band formerly formerly known as Life Team. I think that's the way we call our band name now. <laughs> anyway, there you go. And, to, and to also say something to you, Judy, yes, I do believe we will always refer to COVID as a reference point because I oh, still yeah. do that with um, with 9-11. You know, so 9/11 sure, still. yeah. Or Katrina in our lifetimes. Yeah, good deal, oh, yeah. Barbara. Awesome. Thank you for your call. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, I wanted to also thank you for your, your for coming to St. Joseph because I it's I was at your um, uh, mass that you did on the Monday for Mary's Annunciation uh, Assumption. The Assumption. Was, yeah, I always get that wrong. Anyways, um, it was the most anointed mass I think I've been to in a long, long time. Just completely sung the whole way through. It just, it felt so um, ethereal. I mean, I really felt like I was in heaven the whole time. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It was, it was beautiful. And I'm so glad to have you over there. So I'll see you every once in a while. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Barb. God bless you all. God all right. bless y'all. Pray for Moses ministry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> She got she got a lot of bang for her buck out of that. There you go. Awesome, and we uh, continue to welcome any any phone calls to uh, call in and talk to Father Will. So we I think we got up to your ordination. Yeah. And um, was it similar when Keith was ordained? We had found out maybe a week prior where we were going to be assigned. So did did you know Um, your assignment? Usually, I think something like that. I think Bishop gave us our assignments um, the like about a month ahead of time um, because he usually it's not always this case the case, but it was like right before the deacon ordination that year. Mm-hmm. So the priests find out right before the deacon ordination where they're going to go, um, which is usually about a month before the the priestly ordination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you were assigned to the. The, the St. Cathedral. Mary's, the, the cathedral. Yeah, St. Mary Cathedral oh. uh, in downtown Austin. And uh, yeah, I was like right in the middle of, of all the all the stuff there. So it was, it was crazy. Well, tell, so. tell us a little bit about priest, the life 
of a brand new priest being assigned to the cathedral, like I, I know absolutely nothing about the rhythm of their parish. I've been sure, to yeah. mass there several times, uh-huh. but yeah, uh, compared to, I mean, my only real knowledge is Saint Anthony and Saint Joseph. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. A, it's a different parish because of its location. Right. Um, and because it's the cathedral. So the cathedral for anyone is the place where the bishop has his chair. It's the place where he officially like governs the diocese from. Any right? cathedral yeah. is where a bishop. I learned that when yeah. I was in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Exactly. In a not so great way. because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where that's where he, he governs the diocese. So it's, it's supposed to be the center of the liturgical life of the diocese and um, and to have like uh yeah, that, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of liturgy that goes on at the cathedral. Um, we had two daily masses every day, one at 630 in the morning, one at noon. We had confessions every day. Um, that's because it's a downtown parish and mm-hmm. like people could come to confession in the middle of the day, um, which worked out great. Um, it was amazing. I heard uh, I heard so many confessions <laughs> in the uh, at the cathedral. Six days a week, basically, we had an hour or more of confessions a day. And it was all almost always full. Wonderful. Um, in fact, we, we started using sort of like a scheduling system so that people didn't have to come stand in line as long. And we would schedule like four minutes for confession, right? Like it, it worked out pretty well. So, um, it, it, that was, that was also because of COVID, but, um, it, it was a great opportunity to learn how to be a priest in a place where you're doing a lot of, um, priest as priest things, mm-hmm. right? So the priest is, you know, called to be um, as Jesus was and as all baptized Christians in who uh, are called to be priest, prophet, and king, right? Like, but there's particular ways that we are, we're called um, as ministerial priests to to exercise those three offices, right? So um, one of those things is governing well, right? Like it, the administration of a parish is important. And I would say I'm learning a lot of that right now uh, at, at St. Mm-hmm. Joseph's. Um, sanctifying, right? That's the priest, the priestly action, right? That's the liturgy and all that kind of stuff. And then um, prophetically speaking, right? Like preaching the word of God and and also uh, talking to people and, and counseling and different things like that. Um, and at the, at the cathedral, I got to do... Uh, a lot of priest as priest things, mm-hmm. right? So um, hearing confessions, leading people through RCIA, um, those types of things, really encountering a lot of people just who walked in off the street and, and saw the the beauty of the cathedral and um, wondered. And, and that's just like a great opportunity to be able to meet them where they were uh, we had a thriving young adult group as well. Um, the parish kind of was able to cater to young adults well because of the the it's kind of a central location in Austin. Right. It's like, not really that far from the campus, even from UT. UT. Yeah, it's not now. Um, it? It, it the when I say young adult, uh, what I mean is people who are After. typically post post college mm-hmm. or who are doing like trade school or doing their own business or something like that. The college ministry at um, at the UCC, they call it the UCC, the University Catholic Center over there, um, is, yeah, it's it's growing and thriving. Father Jonathan Rea yeah. is uh, is doing awesome things there. So um, we really focused on kind of the, the mid-20s kind of folks and uh, walking and journeying with them. And mm-hmm. So that was a big part. There were also families that came to the cathedral. 
Um, one interesting thing about the cathedral is that it's hard to get there <laughs> and it's hard to park there, right? So uh, well, We used to go to class once a month on Thursdays yeah. and it started at 6 or 6.30 and it was just kind of like, what time do we really need to leave, Brian, to sure. be able to get yeah. there in a Well, that was at the fashion. Pastoral Center, huh? We started at the cathedral oh. for about six months. Oh, really? And then they thankfully moved it to there the Pastoral you. Center. Yeah, yeah so um, what's cool about that is... There's there's an opportunity to um, you've got a lot of people who are very bought in at the cathedral, right? Because they they're having to make that sacrifice to get there, um, and so it can be a place for a great formation mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And then from there to go out to the to the area, right? Because it's in the middle of downtown Austin. As you may imagine, downtown Austin is not exactly the most Catholic place in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, you can see the capital from the steps of the cathedral. Um, and so it's a real uh, island there of peace in the midst of kind of a lot of craziness. So, yeah. yeah. But it was great. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome time. And typically, a newly ordained is assigned somewhere for two or three years. Yeah, that's that's what they the try rhythm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's more. It's so dependent on the needs of the diocese, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 bishop uh, wants us to to flourish, right? But uh, and and he really does care for us and makes that evident, um, especially as young priests. But at the same time, right? Like I'm ordained to the service of the church, right? The the church serves me in a certain way, right? Like it gives me the sacraments and I receive grace through the church, but I am to serve the needs of the church. And so, um, you know, if the bishop asked me to go somewhere, that's God's will, right? Like, sure. And so. Um, Same. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wonderful. So um, within two years of being there, you did he call you on the phone? Uh, so there's a committee that there's a committee that uh, calls priests and asks them to 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 um, to they say the bishop would like you to go mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So he uh, Father Tom Reitmeyer is on that committee and he he gave me a call. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and said Saint Joseph is the place. Yes, we'd like you to go and, to Saint uh, Joseph. I understand you already had a relationship with Father Brian. Yeah, he was uh, he was actually one of the priests who was a formator. So that means like he was. Um, kind of like an academic, well, kind of like a, an advisory in everything uh, at the at the seminary, like um, a one on one thing, or yeah. So um, he was he was over a bunch of us. So he had like twenty or twenty five guys that he was doing that for at the seminary in Houston. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. So you came on over here. Yep. You didn't have to ask where the post office is. I, I just uh, I didn't need to know where the grocery store was. Have a heart. Um, It was just revealed to me how God works. Sometimes is that we as parishioners are so uh, well, we're all as humans so selfish and self-absorbed that the way things affect us and it's our now we have to get used to a new priest. (laughs) It's like when Father Joseph was assigned here, had never been to the city, and you know. and you're living in the town where your parents live, yeah. likely, and and some. So I, I have just tried to see things from the priest's perspective. Yeah, it's a real transition. Yeah, I mean, whenever you go into a parish, and even here, I so I know the geography, and I know, and I have uh, my family here, which is amazing. It's a great gift. Um, but I 
really had never gone to St. Joseph. I, uh-huh. Like I'd gone to mass there a couple of times as a college student, but it was not my parish growing up. And so I had to learn this place and I love it. Right. Um, as I learn more, I, I, I'm able to love more. And um, of course, one of the things that a new person in an area or a new person in a, in any organization uh, has the gift and the burden of is like, you notice things that also are like, Hey, that, that might be better if we did this thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, people have been doing it for a long time. And, and, and so, um, that's a real area of learning for me of like, how do I do that? Well, right. How do I encounter people well in this new role? How do I encounter people, uh, well at St. Joe's? How do we, uh, as a parish, how do we, uh, do what Jesus told us to do, which is to go, uh, and proclaim the good news and baptize people and call that make disciples of all nations, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the real question. No matter which parish I'm at, um, the the question is how am I supposed to do that here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's a real you know, one of the one of the parts of being a diocesan priest that I love is there's a real spirituality of the land, right? Like I'm attached to this geographic area right mm-hmm. now, right? Like Bishop gave me. He made me the parochial vicar of St. Joseph's and Bryan, which means that, uh, you know, from Texas Avenue East all the way to uh, where the Diocese of Tyler starts um, somewhere. I can't remember exactly. I think it's at the end of the county, basically. Um, Well, uh, Houston Galveston starts in Grimes County. In Grimes County. But if you go the other direction, it's anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know. It's an amazing gift, right? The, these are the the people that I'm supposed to right. evangelize and help. Yeah. And not only the people who come to St. Joseph every day and every yeah. weekend, but the community and the, the area whole, the whole surrounding. Community. Yeah, um, and and then that starts one of the coolest things about being at St. Joe's is it's still in a neighborhood, yeah. right? Like I I can walk out my door and I can be at at my neighbor's house, and even if they're not my parishioner, right? Like even if they're not. Uh, coming yeah. to mass, they're my parishioner, and and there's something really beautiful about that that I love. Um, these are the people that I'm supposed to evangelize and and, and serve and love and um, yeah, call to faith in Jesus Christ. And, Great and fullness of and the church. Maybe you could uh, speak just a, a little, a few minutes about the uh, Father Brian being on sabbatical. What sure. that means, you know how. Mm-hmm. That affected you and yeah. how all that kind of played out and, and what's going on. Yeah. So a sabbatical uh, comes from the—it actually comes from the same word as Sabbath, right? So the Sabbath mm-hmm. rest, right? Uh, and if you look in like the book of Leviticus or Exodus or Deuteronomy, um, the the Lord rested, right, on the, on the seventh day. That's in Genesis. And then he— he tells his people to take a rest on the seventh day, right? Like you shall do no work. And this is where we have the kind of the practice of the Lord's day, right? Where six days you, you're supposed to work, but the, that seventh day is supposed to be different. In addition to that seven day cycle in Leviticus, you actually see, or it might've been in, in numbers, whatever. You see the the Lord giving uh, rest to the land every seven mm-hmm. years and every uh, and then even even a bigger rest every uh, forty nine years. There would have been. This is where you get the idea of a jubilee Correct. year. Actually, so a jubilee is like 
the 50th year. So that's seven times seven, 49 plus one. This is, and there's a, there's a time of rest. And during the, the Jubilee year, for example, in, in ancient Israel, all debts would have been uh, forgiven, forgiven, right? So, and uh, slaves would have been set free. So slavery was different. It was like a way that someone could, could uh, provide for themselves. They basically said, I'll be an indentured servant to you. But that servitude was not forever, right? Like every, every Jubilee year, there was a, a freedom there. And so um, uh, it's really interesting to see how that, that kind of worked. So in the Christian tradition, it also kind of developed, okay, how do we, how do, we do this? All right, because it's not good that man just work, 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 work forever. Um, it's work is good, but it's not the end in itself. Right, mm-hmm. unity with the Lord, and so uh, a sabbatical is um, a time set aside for rest, but not just laziness. It's not like I'm not. It's not like Father Brian is doing nothing. No, he's actually <laughs> allowing the field of his heart uh, to be maybe cultivated a little bit more uh, by going to Israel and actually encountering the places where Jesus walked and lived and that kind of stuff. And so that's, um, that's an opportunity that priests uh, are afforded through the diocese. Um, uh, I guess the first time you can do that is like after 10 years of being ordained. And the next time is like every seven or eight years after that, you can go for three to six months, um, and and it's a sabbatical. It's not it's not like a vacation. He's doing stuff. He's learning. He's growing, and all that kind of thing. But it's a different thing than the day to day grind. Yeah, right? he's been very generous to share some things on his Facebook yeah, page. That's right. Uh, that has kind of helped us continue. So uh, we we pray for him yeah. in his uh, time of sabbatical, and continue to yeah. pray for you. I was just kind of chatting with him before he left, and he was like, you know. I, and as um, I interviewed him a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, and I'm going to address that question in just a moment. But he, he, he's. I just, I, I will miss my parishioners. I will miss the rhythm of a parish. Mm-hmm. I will. It's not like I need a break from that. Yeah. This is just something that the Lord has called me to do, and it's going to be a good thing. So, yeah, and uh, it's in service to yeah. to his parish and to the to the Church of the Diocese of Austin that he gets to do that. And, you know, so I, I am doing a lot of the admin stuff over at the, at, so that he can do that right now. Yeah. Um, so. Great. Good deal. Well, I want to get my pastoral question okay. in. That I... <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see what we can do here. <laughs> well, uh, when Father Brian was here as my guest, it was for the purpose to discuss uh, anointing of the sick mm-hmm. as a sacrament, which I think that a lot of people, uh, like, I don't even want to know about it. <laughs> It's, it's this uh, kind of a denial, but uh, within the conversation, I failed to ask and have heard on Catholic radio the uh, opportunity for an apostolic pardon. pardon. Yeah, and so could you tell me how that connects in with the sacrament? And sure. part two, if I'm going to like Keith told me, y'all had anointings Tuesday night of three people. Oh, it was Father John. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's um, great though. Like I'm going to have surgery, I'd uh-huh. like to be anointed, uh-huh. as opposed to on someone's deathbed. Right. Is the sacrament? So tell me about all that. Yeah. So the sacrament of the anointing of the sick um, has had uh, kind of it's 
theology has developed over mm-hmm. time, right? So the understanding that the church has of the sacrament has developed um, both as a, a something um, for those who are dying, right? Like they're on death's door, um, and we definitely want to give them the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, but also uh, in order to to conform them to um, to conform their souls primarily to uh, the mystery of the the suffering Christ, right? The one who who died. And so just as baptism conforms us to priest, prophet, and king and makes us a child of God first and foremost, so the sacrament of the anointing of the sick always uh, consecrates the person as one who suffering participates in the very suffering of Christ and is thus kind of worth something. So it's an increase in sanctifying grace there. Um and so that's for people who are dying and for people who aren't necessarily dying but are in grave danger, right? So a grave illness. So that would be just like a general rule of thumb. Anything that puts you in a hospital mm-hmm. is is certainly enough to receive the, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. So is um, mental illness, right? Like a severe mental illness, right? So someone who's very depressed or very anxious or, or those types of things, Um and then, of course, like there's the obvious thing, like if you're horribly injured or something like that, you know, like that that kind of thing. Um, so the, those are the the even before surgery, someone could receive the anointing of the sick, as long as the reason for the surgery is uh, is something grave, right? Like you know, it's not just like I'm uh, I'm having a cosmetic surgery for the sake of my vanity or something like that. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's no anointing yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, right. No, but that, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No soup for you. Right. Exactly. Uh, uh, a little Seinfeld reference. Um, yeah. So that's the purpose of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Right. And so you don't want to wait until death's door to call for the priest mm-hmm. call, call us, I, you know, um, I want to come anoint you I, or I, I want you to come and we'll do it in the church. And it takes like 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a, a really long thing. And, and it's a part of that also before surgery, everyone should go to confession, right? That's a, you should do that, right? Like um, that's just a good uh, way of, of entrusting your heart to the Lord, especially if it's a major surgery. I mean, um, complications happen, yeah. right? I mean, there's a reason they hand you a stack of forms to sign right before you have a surgery. And um, yeah, and that's just a way to entrust ourselves to the mercy of God. Um, with regard to the apostolic pardon, that's kind of at the heart of your question right now. That's something different than the sacrament, right? Sacraments, so it's not connected at all. Well, they, they sometimes are connected in the, in the sense that, uh, someone who receives the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, who's in danger of death, like immediately, um, would also receive the the apostolic pardon, or should receive the apostolic pardon. The apostolic pardon is a is a type of indulgence, actually. Um, so, an indulgence is a remission of all the temporal punishment due to sin um, by the the power of the church. Right, Christ gives the the power of the keys to the, mm-hmm. to the church, and um, and so the the church can freely distribute those graces. So the apostolic pardon, which um, is something that Catholics should ask their priests for, if, especially for their relatives or for themselves, if they're in grave danger um, of death, they should, like if a priest is there, he should give the apostolic pardon 
Um, but it needs to be requested or you could. Yeah, I, I, most priests who know about it, right. will yeah. do it themselves. Right. And, and they'll, they'll just say, I'm going to give you the apostolic pardon. It'll come right Ooh, after. Lordy, I got to make sure my kids know that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come right after the, the celebration of, um, the celebration of confession. If that's possible, if someone was unable to confess, um, that the anointing of the sick actually remits all their their sins, it provided they didn't have an obstacle in their heart, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's a real truth to the, if you are in a grave situation, make an act of contrition, right? Like, yeah. just say it, right? Like, I, Jesus, I love you, right? Um, that's enough. So the apostolic pardon, which reads through, by the authority which the apostolic see has given me, I grant you a full pardon and the remission of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, um, is a type of indulgence that most indulgences require you to go to confession, mm-hmm. receive communion, and uh, pray for the Pope. There's there's nothing no there. You don't, you don't need anything for this <laughs> for this one. It's just like you have to be in the danger of death. Um, and uh, in fact, the Church is so merciful that for any person who um, would have wanted the apostolic pardon, but a priest couldn't come to them, um, she supplies it. Right. So yeah. there's there's a real uh, there's a real gift there. That uh, the the faithful should know about this and um, and ask. Well, Father Will, I am not surprised that the time has just flown by. We just have a, a few seconds, so I want to thank you for being yeah. here and allowing time in your schedule. Thank you for your priesthood and your ministry, and I'm going to put you to work and ask for your blessing here on air. Sure, yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make his face shine upon you and give you peace. May mighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Since you wait.